0: The first time this panorama, this was a panorama, divine panorama that was presented in Jesus Christ. He was the, the uh, kingdom in, in presence. He was the kingdom in, in body. And whenever this was first presented as the main theme of the kingdom, what was the first response? Now this morning, this morning we studied one of those parables. The parable of the prodigal son. What was the first response whenever the son was accepted, the music was playing, the fatted calf was killed, and the older brother, when he said, what's going on? And they said, well, your brother is back home, and your father has killed the fatted calf, and we're, we're having a party. Come on in. What was his first response to this magnanimous gesture of his father? That's not fair. That's not fair. And I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Here I have worked my hands to the bone all these years, and you never even gave me a billy goat to celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who's wasted his substance and his part of the inheritance in harlots, the initial response. That's not fair. Now, have you ever wondered? This is an adem- it's an addendum. It's not always quoted. We didn't read all of it this morning. The addendum, the rest of the story, we don't like it. And yet, being true to life, we know that's right. That's exactly, the way, that's exactly the way human nature looks at it. It's not fair. Now, is that just a coincidence? Is Jesus just talking to fill up some space? Or is that an issue that really needs to be addressed? Is it incidental? Or is it absolutely foundational? Well, that's where this one in t- chapter 20 comes in. Let's read it. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in the, my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. They went. He went out again about the 6th hour and the ninth hour. That's 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The day's about over. And then about the 11th hour, that's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, now here's the, here's the neat thing about this story, Jesus. told. when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard, now this is Jesus, this is Jesus making this up off the top of his head now. You'll have to realize he was trying to communicate what the nature of the kingdom is. And there were times when he would be saying, well, what, what can I liken it to? Because see, he, he, he had an awareness of what it was that the others didn't have. And he was trying now to build this bridge. And he would say at times, what can I compare it to? Oh, oh yeah, he said it's, uh, it's like this. And he would tell this story to give an illustration of what the kingdom was like. But these all came off the top of his head. It doesn't make them less valuable. It makes them, to me, more valuable. Because he is wrestling with this communication issue, trying to get this idea across that this is what the kingdom is like. And here he's telling us what the kingdom is like. Well, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each one received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble among the, against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, "And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden and work of the work and the heat of the day." In other words, they said, "That's not fair." But he answered them, "Friend, I'm not being unfair to you." Didn't you agree to me to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who is hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now look, and that's Jesus making up this story to represent the reality of the kingdom. He's trying to get you to see what the kingdom is like. He's trying to get us to see this is the nature of the kingdom. Now, was it not possible for him to have told that story where the ones hired first would have been paid first and sent home? Was that not a possibility? And then the ones that were hired last could have been shown mercy or grace... He could have shown grace to the ones that were hired last by when they came, they thought they might have received a penny. And after the ones that had been working all day had been paid what they agreed to, he could have said, okay, now I want you all to have the same amount. Would that have been grace? Sure, it would have been grace. Well, why on earth did he reverse it? Why on earth do you do this in-your-face grace? Okay, nobody is worthy. It really amounts to that. And the grace of God only appears unfair to whom? To whom does the grace of God seem unfair? To those that think they've earned it to the ones that think they've earned their right standing before God, the grace of God to a sinner, is that's not fair. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This is premeditated. It's premeditated offense. He could have shown grace if he'd just done it the other way. But he didn't want to show it like that. He wanted to show grace in a way that would say to you, this is the way it is. Whether you like it or not, everybody is going to be given what I want to give them, and it's my it's my money, I'll do what I want to with it. And don't question what God does with his money. What do you think about this parable? What? Well, it's something that you're gonna to have to you'll have to consider. What is the chief sin that's involved in this older brother? Objecting to the younger brother getting being received back. What is the chief sin here of these people saying that's not fair? We worked all day. Envy or pride or jealousy. All these that grow out of this pride and selfishness. And the it's not fair. The Jews were guilty of pride. My goodness, they were guilty of pride. John picked up on him He said repent you better bring forth fruits worthy of repentance and I don't even think to say we're sons of Abraham well, see that was their te- that was their response we're sons of Abraham he said I don't even start don't even think it God can raise up children from these stones to Abraham and I'm telling you he said the, the axe is already at the tree and I see it in the, the response that the leaders of the Jews gave when the, when the blind man was healed. And when the blind man was asked, how did it happen? He, he told them. They said, come on, now give glory to God. Tell us how it happened. He said, I've already told you once and you weren't listening. He said, why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple? Now this is a peon talking to the big guys. And they said, you were born in utter sin and you dare lecture us? they kicked him out. The pride, the arrogance, the absolute sheer arrogance that could and listen, don't think the Jewish people can't pour it on you. And if you think the Jewish people can't, let me tell you, a Jewish mama can. She can tear you up. They're good talkers and they just literally, but the whole nation was a, they were a proud people. You know who else falls into the same category as the Jewish nation of people. Restoration movements are particularly subject to pride. I wonder why. Do you have any idea? And we're a restoration people. We are, we are very vulnerable to pride. Why? Restoration people have a tendency to, to think what? That we've got it right. That there's a right way to do it. And that we've discovered it. Mm. And we've worked all these years on it, and we've come to this conclusion, and this is right. And Well, but what about these other people that don't quite have it all right? You know who's going to be paid first at the judgment? Even allowing for the possibility that we might be right? That we might have all of it right? If this parable is true... There are going to be people standing there that don't have it as right as you and me. Poor souls. (laughs) You know who's going to be paid first at the judgment? Is there going to be anybody standing in the judgment that receives the same as those who have it all right? I I have never said this in my life. I've never taught this like this in my life. But it's amazing. I can't stand here not... This is the lesson. If this isn't the lesson, he wasn't teaching a lesson. Now, he could have paid it the other way, where he paid the ones who worked first, paid them first. But he said, no, this is going to be in your face. This is going to be a lesson that's going to be taught, and I'm teaching it, and I'm expecting you to listen to me. And so he says, okay, those that don't have it all right, those who haven't filled out all the hourly forms, the ones who just happen to barely get in on it, well, I'll be dog. They're going to get the, the denarius too. Well, you know what that does? takes the air out of your balloon. takes the wind out of your sails. And you're to be turned around and realize that God is the God of mercy and He's in this whole business to do us good and to be gentle and kind. He's not out to damn you. He's out to save you. Isn't that marvelous? And as though He in this grace in your face as though to put an exclamation point right at the very thing and turn, put the sword in and twist it. What do you reckon he did as the last act on the face of the earth before he died? If he didn't save that thief, I'm not standing here. Now, what hour was the thief? He wasn't worth nothing. He didn't have any value at all to the kingdom of God. There he was nailed to a cross. He didn't have maybe an hour left to live. When Jesus then took that poor sinner that didn't have a leg to stand on, when he took him and said, when he just simply offered whatever he could offer, and there wasn't much, but he just said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said what? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And it is a, in perfect harmony with what he was teaching here so that the rest of us who have got it all right, we're going to have to say, well, shut my mouth and praise the Lord.